Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today... I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm worried that you use the ship for orgies and stuff. <laughs> I'm don't John. touch anything. <laughs> I'm Tony. Don't touch anything. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have a horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action romance. No, that's not action adventure. <laughs> action romance. <laughs> That could be a genre. That should. That would, I think. Oh, could that be would porn. be. Uh, no, action. Action romance would be. Uh, this means war. No, I would think that action romance would be that sex scene in that movie with um, Clive Owen. That was yes. some action romance. I don't yeah. know how much romance that was. Shoot him up. That was yeah. a little bananas. No, that was carrots. It was a little carrots. Well, we take turns selecting from a movie genre, movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Elaine's birthday pick. Nodding Hill. This one you will see on top ten list because yeah. it's really popular. It's a very That's young. right. For those of you who don't know, when it's your birthday pick, and it doesn't have to be on your birthday, but right around it, whenever the hell we feel like it, actually... You got all the rules are thrown out the window. You get to pick any movie you want, any genre. All bets are off. And you make us watch whatever the hell you want. That's and Elaine decided of all the movies she could pick, she's like fucking Notting Hill. And Tony said, "What?" And John's still bitter, apparently. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right. So Notting Hill is came out in 1999. This is pretty much some peak Hugh Grant and some peak Julia Roberts. Well, not peak Hugh Grant, but um, peak Julia, the Ro- Julia Roberts. This is coming right off of, um, what's not working, girl? What was the movie? Pretty Woman? Mm, Pretty Woman was, was actually early. in 90, early like 94. Okay, well, that's not, well, 99 is not far from four. No, but when she did Aaron a Brockovich? shit ton of shit the uh, that, same year, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that was peak. I think the, it was a year or a year out. She did the Mexican. I looked at the I looked at the IMDb and like Aaron, Aaron Brockovich was like the very next thing, I think. I think that was peak Julia. This is peak Julia and it's, I mean, Hugh Grant's always good. So the, I mean, he, she he got never really peaked. $15 million dollars for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's All pretty right. good. It's pretty peaked. <laughs> it was not di- bad. It was directed by Roger Mitchell, who has never done anything that I have heard of. You know, funny story about Julie Roberts' pay. Because in a movie she did soon after this, I think it was Julie Roberts with someone, in Ocean's Eleven, George Clooney sent her a $20 bill and said, I heard you get 20 a picture now. Ouch. Mm. And, she she said, got fi- and she said, yeah, I'm in. If she got 15, what did Hugh Grant get? I don't know. 16. Well, let me tell you. Uh, so... It was written by Richard Curtis. He uh, did. He wrote a lot of Black Adder and Mr. Bean stuff, mm. like oh. movies and TV shows. He also wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral, another Ooh. movie I love. Love Actually, a movie we all love. Welcome yeah. back to the podcast, uh, Richard. Bridget uh, Bridget Jones and Bridget Jones's Diary and Bridget Jones: The Edge of Reason. Is that the second one or the third one? That's the second. What was the third one called? I don't know. Bridget Jones I'm tired of this shit. Bridget Jones I don't know. And um, also, <laughs> another movie I thought was really good, Pirate Radio. Oh, yeah, with um, uh, Seymour Hoffman. Yes, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, that's him, too. That's a real good movie. Carly could do that movie, probably. It's a drama. 
I don't think it got... Where they went out to see on... I don't think it made a lot of money. For a radio... Um, there's a radio broadcast, like radio channel. And we'll be here broadcasting until the day we die. I believe probably it. Probably a couple days it's after that. based on a true story of... I think it was in the 70s where they actually... Pir- there was pirated radio stations. Like, like pump up the volume? Yes. Something like that. Just I can't like really, that. I can't really less remember. Less Christian Slater. <laughs> it, I remember enjoying it. That um, wasn't a pirated radio station. So no. this <laughs> movie... Had an audience score of 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb (laughs) and a Metacritic score of 66, which I thought was a travesty. (laughs) But then you go over to the Rotten Tomatoes and you get an audience score of 79% and a Tomometer rating of 83. I just got to point out that Tony's pick of Dracula, all of those numbers were were higher on Dracula. Yeah, but Dracula's (laughs) a piece of shit. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah, Dracula hear you say that. And it only made a billion dollars. Well, that guy sucks. This movie had a budget of $42 million, <laughs> and, and it made. grossed, in the United States, it grossed $116 million, and worldwide, $363 million. So, so it made a little bit of money. A little bit. It also, um, Hugh and Julia were both nominated for um, Best Actor and Actress. Um, Oscars? Uh, Golden Globes. <laughs> Just a step down. And um, the soundtrack. Did they win? No. No, they were nominated. Who won? They I didn't see that year, <laughs> but the the soundtrack won best soundtrack at the British Awards. Whatever oh, that was, was a good soundtrack. It was a very good soundtrack. Spoiler. Um, I have some reviews here. Do so you want to hear my opinion first? No, I want to tell you other people's opinion, and then we'll hear yours. <laughs> <clears throat> it's my birthday. This is, um, that was from Thor Ragnarok. This is written we by watch Steve that. Reed, and he says. It may be a paradox to say that a film can sparkle slowly, yet that is the only way I can describe this charming romantic comedy. The stardom-crossed lovers don't know that they are meant for each other. Yes, this is the standard rom-com setup, but the way they don't know that is put across in a most... His grammar. (laughs) Put across in a most British and deliberate pace and setting. (laughs) And it makes the ending that we all know is coming gather color and charm. 10 out of 10. But we're going to give his spelling a 6 out of 10. Scuba, <laughs> Scuba Pro 32, on the other hand. Scuba Pro 32. Yes. Says, I love, I like to get the user reviews because they have the best names. Um, he's, he says, or she, maybe, everything stinks here. There's absolutely no <laughs> chemistry between Hugh and Julia. In fact, Julia's acting is awful. It almost looks like she played a flagrant, a figure, no. <laughs> roll instead of a head roll. I don't know. Furthermore, the jokes are just not funny and worse, they're irritating and inconsumable. Nodding Hill equals oh. nothing much. One out of ten stars. Yes, I did. But because well, you had a hard time figuring it's it out. One thing to read I, it, and it's a whole other thing to read it out loud. That's true. <laughs> well, John, why don't you tell people what you thought going in? I think anybody who listened to the last episode. He knows what John thought. I, I thought... And then he goes first. I have to watch this fucking movie again? <laughs> That's what I thought. How many times a week do you watch this movie? Um, not a lot. Hmm. I usually watch when he's not home. Uh, if John's home, we watch only things he wants to watch like on Like Thor Ragnarok. Ouch. He, cause his, hey, hey, he hey, someone else's turn now. He says to me, what do you want to watch? And I'll tell him things I Notting actually want to watch. And he's like, I don't want to watch that. I don't want, I don't want to watch that. And then I say, we'll just pick something. And he's like, but I want to watch something that you want to watch. <laughs> no, you don't. Lies. <laughs> Welcome back. Go ahead, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I've seen that. I think I own that. 
I'll watch it. Cool. <laughs> and Tony. I've heard of it. Never seen it. So with fresh eyes. I'm so very... I was like, okay, this is what Carly feels like every time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Carly roll. Is that a movie? I know. It's fun to be Carly sometimes. <laughs> I like to be Carly. I get to be Carly when Carly picks movies a lot of times. All right. <laughs> so all this, Everybody's Carly when Carly picks movies. This movie is starring Hugh Grant as William Thacker. Not William Thatcher. That was a different movie. <clears throat> Anna Scott as, or sorry, Julia Roberts as Anna Scott. Anna Scott as Julia Roberts. Um, Jesus. Okay. Jesus was in this? No. I can't say. The, he's bloody Welsh. I can't say his name. The, the wiry guy. Wiry. <laughs> wiry. He plays Spike. We Returning to the podcast, he yeah. was Nigel Gruff the Leg in The Replacements. And he's wiry. He's also in Pirate Radio. Yes, he is. Um, but anyways, Welcome he plays back, Spike. Nigel. We got Tim McInery playing Max. McHenry? McHenry? No, McInery. Yeah, him too. Uh, Gina McKee as Bella. That's mm-hmm. Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Chambers plays... Honey. May she rest in peace. Um, yes, and she I died. Know, I looked that up because I was like, who is that chick? And I looked it up and I was like, oh, she died. And yeah. then Tony's like, was it suicide? And no, I'm like, it was no, a heart attack a heart at the attack. age of 53. It just happened. That's not good. Just happened. At 53, it was like, wow. Damn, that's then, coming. <laughs> and then uh, rounding out our cast of main characters is Hugh Bonneville playing the role of Bernie. Who the hell was Bernie? He was also in... Downton Abbey. The dude that's married. Oh no! no. Not, oh no! Bernie no. is Bernie the, is the, stock the one that doesn't know which one sh- who she is. Uh, a stockbroker friend. That's funny. Because I was like, because he's is my favorite character. I, I think up. I know who is it. Tony and I have been seeing people and going, oh, I've seen that person. Well, before. he and, is in Downton Abbey. And they were like, how old is this? Because they're all so young. <laughs> and then he was also in another great movie that maybe you should look into doing on the podcast called The Monuments Men. The no, Monuments not Men. so much. I've never heard of it. It's about um, the people that <laughs> saved. This is based on a true story of this team of World um, War Two allied people during World War Two that tried to save art from the Nazis. Oh, maybe I have heard of that. Matt Damon was in it. <laughs> it's pretty good. John's been shaking his head. The, John no, doesn't the like things that are time good. Elaine was talking about. I like really. you. <laughs> I like you too, honey. You said you, I don't like things that are good. Well, I'm fantastic. I'm better than good. <laughs> I like to think that I'm better than good. You think I'm just good? Mm, I think. Th- All right, so this movie, we <laughs> get the that opening. I should go switch my drink. <laughs> so Ice tea's not going to get me through this one. The opening credits start. We hear um, the song "She," uh, sung by Elvis Costello. It plays over various news footage of Anna Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, at award shows and stuff like that. This and is your typical kind of... Most of that was actual footage of Julia Roberts and stuff. Yeah. It was really easy to find footage, which was good. Hollywood B-roll. Yeah. So we need to find some pictures of Julia Roberts like it's fucking Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good way to open a movie because it shows that she's a famous person and it kind of sets stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we get a voiceover by William as he talks about his neighborhood in London where he lives called Notting Hill and all the wonderful things that are special about it. And, and he has a blue door. He talks about his house with the blue door mm-hmm. and that his wife left him for a man who looks like Harrison Ford. After she made him paint it blue. After she made <laughs> And that now he lives there with a weird lodger named Spike. I like how he called him a lodger. Yeah. Instead of like a flatmate. I think they're, well, they're, I don't know that they're mates. Soon. 
<laughs> I mean, we uh, we'll, go into his house. We'll get to there. And we meet Spike. He's trying to pick out a shirt for his date with uh, the beautiful Janine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had some interesting ch- shirt choices. <laughs> he had the one with, um, with the blood on it with like an alien. Alien mm-hmm. out of it, yeah. It's like, no, not a lot of romance. And then he had the second one. Oh, romance. Really, I got that. One that was really tight. And it said something. Like, an arrow pointing towards yeah. crotch. Yeah. It said, like, for a good time, go there, yeah. go here, or something like that. And, and then the, the third one, one said, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. And he goes, that's the one. And he's like, all right. And on the back, it says. Fancy well, a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great shirt. I bought it. <laughs> Amazon's got it. Then we get another voiceover as he goes to work. And William owns a travel book shop. Again, a Hollywood movie job. Because it does not seem... I'm like, there's no way this guy would make enough money at a travel book shop that not alone that he was able to um, sustain himself, he has an employee. Yeah. How fucking busy does it get that you need an employee? (laughs) There are lots of... There used to be lots of specialty bookstores. But it kind of went away. Like, starting in the late 80s, early 90s, they really started to... Go away now. I don't know the scene of the. I, I don't know the British you. the British book scene, and whether it's all Amazon and Fox Books. Ooh, Fox. But nice poll. You've got mail. You're, you're welcome. But I mean, it could be. Yeah, there's this thing called the internet. Yeah, that but, really kills these um these travel books because it's like, oh, I'd like to know about London. Google London. Cool shit to see in London. Look at that. Yeah, that's free. not why people read travel books though. I like to read ones like he suggested yeah. with the funny stories of things that happened yeah, to you. Yeah, it's people's personal traveling accounts. This guy's That's why people Turkey. read those books. Yeah. It's not like what to do in Turkey. You get the, That's like a pamphlet at the travel agents. This is about somebody's <laughs> trip to Turkey. Just provides you some interesting insights. Well, like When I was in Spain, I read a Bill Bryson book, His Travels in Europe. And he didn't go to Spain, but there's a lot of similarities between <laughs> what he was talking about and what I saw. So you read a book about Spain from a guy's name in Spain? No, but, about oh. his travels in Europe. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this is kind of a fake Hollywood job where he owns a travel bookshop that makes enough money to employ both him and Martin, his... This Empl- is, his strange employee. This is almost as trim that neck beard. <laughs> this is almost uh, the most unbelievable romance movie job that I've ever seen. Number one being the guy who makes boats. <laughs> that nobody and then doesn't sell fucking boats. That's number one. Okay. Never beat that. What do you do? I, I make wooden boats. I think there's a lot of range between guy that makes boats and travel bookshop dude. We've seen some pretty dumb ass jobs. Yeah, we have. Nothing beats boat guy. <laughs> All right, TV museum curator. <clears throat> That's the coolest one. <laughs> but yet, still like that seems like a plausible job, though. <laughs> he lives in LA. That's probably a real I'm job. I'm just saying. <laughs> Travel bookshop owner is probably a real job, or was. I think Carly's more. No, like not at some point. Not in the United States anymore. But you know like what? A, well, maybe in a big city. Maybe in like Greenwich Village or something like that. I'm gonna go ahead and look it up. Okay. You, you hear about, like, that fancy bookstore you tried to order me the Kindle cover from? Yeah. Like, there are specialty There's specialty bookstores, bookstores. even Look, now. Look, if Toys R Us and F.A.O. Schwartz are going out of business, I'm pretty sure the travel bookshop is going. special yeah. that people want or be, like, yeah. higher end or higher quality. I know they used to have a lot of occult bookshops. Yeah. They all closed. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Okay, anyways. So, 
his travel bookshop is not doing very well, though, it seems. Not surprising. As Martin goes out to get them cappuccinos to cheer themselves up. And when Martin leaves, Anna Scott... Travel bookshop. First thing comes up is Notting Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Travel bookshop that inspired the movie. Um, Amazon. (laughs) Okay. Travel bookshop in London. Evidently, it's still there. Because it's part of a tour. It's now, a su- it's now a souvenir shop, but still looks like a travel book shop. I hope you can get books about Turkey in there. <laughs> so it looks like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> okay, yes, but when this movie was made... 20 years ago. Amazon wasn't as big. All right, I'm 20 years one. ago. I'm going to give you that one, but just barely. You know, this movie's older than our child. You know what? Thanks. Hey, <laughs> I like the other bookshop neighborhood. It was just around the corner. Uh-huh. It was called the um, Shop Around the Corner. Yeah. They I already made reference books. to that movie. We could move on. Well, mine's better than yours. It wasn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, then, uh, movie. so she enters, and he looks up, and he sees her, and he kind of looks down, and he looks back up, and he's like, holy, sh- holy shit, it's Anna Scott. Anna Scott is in my bookstore. And um, he starts recommend. she's looking at books, and he asks her if she needs help, and then she's looking at this book, and he starts recommending other books that are better. Mm-hmm. Kind of being awkward, but not being, being like a little awkward and pushy, but not like super awkward and pushy. And, but he gets interrupted when he notices that is, there is a shoplifter in... Someone trying to steal a travel book. <laughs> and, uh, it down his pants. And uh, so he, he says, excuse me, and he goes back there, and he says, hey, dude, we got a camera, and... Um, I'm going to need you to take the book out of your trousers. And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, well, well, let me call the police. And then they can ask you about that. And he's like, hypothetically, (laughs) what if I did have a book down my trousers? See, and here's where I think he's wrong. He's like, you can wipe it off and put it back or you can pay for it. Like, no, no, you're paying for that book. (laughs) It's like if the book goes in the bathroom, that's it. You you can't bring it back. I do think Tony and I kept pointing out... Um, all the very Britishness mm-hmm. of this movie. <laughs> like the word trousers? Well, no, just the way he acts throughout the movie. It's very like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna say, no, no, you're gonna pay for it. Because he's very polite. It's They're more very British polite. to be like, well, I really would rather you took that book out of your pants. <laughs> and he's and polite too. if I Robert. call the police yeah. and there's not a book in your pants, then I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Because British people aren't confrontational like we are. <laughs> but so he, he I'm says... I'm jolly old England. <laughs> he goes back out and gives the um, Rufus, the gentleman, time to put the book back. Because he doesn't buy the book. It didn't look like it. <laughs> and then um, Anna? Anna Scott comes and she decides to buy the crappy rubbish travel book. Probably just because I have pretty pictures. And um, then Rufus comes up and asks her for an autograph. And she writes him one. And then he says, what does this say? As if he can't read. Yeah. Who steals a book that can't read? I mean, who? I don't who, know. This part is really unbelievable. What person steals a book? But <laughs> she says, that's my signature. And this says, you belong in jail. And um, she buys the book and then she leaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Martin comes back with the cappuccino and is like, what did I miss? And Hugh Grant's like, you won't believe what happened? And then he's like, never mind. And he doesn't tell him. It's just this thing that funny thing that happened to him, and he's just well, not gonna talk about it. It's true. Like you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Like Anna Scott was just here, like, yeah, bullshit. I know. Moving on. <laughs> I know. Like the one time I had, t- I told Tony that Scar Joe was here. He didn't believe me. 
So then he goes. I wouldn't know either. They drink their cappuccino, and he's still thirsty, so he runs. This time, William runs out to get some OJ for Martin, and he gets himself a sandwich. And as he's coming around the corner, he he hits her and spills OJ all all over both of them. And she's wearing a white T-shirt, so it's like hair like just an oj massacre and then it's that movie trope where the guy tries to clean it off and she's yeah. like hey pal hey, hey, hey. That, that only happens in movies if you spill something on a woman you never try to wipe it off you know why because there's very few parts of a strange woman you can touch <laughs> <laughs> yep okay but in every movie they always like oh i'm so sorry let me rub off your boobs it's for you it's funny it's not funny it's a physical how it's like some strange guy to start rubbing on your boobs it's because it's a physical comedy thing that is apparently it's not supposed funny. to be funny. It's no, not funny. Well, they don't play it for laughs here. Mm. And he says, look, my house they is... They play it for awkwardness here, which is how yeah. it would really be. <laughs> he says, my house is just here. You can come. We got a bathroom. We got a phone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how far? And he's like, 18 yards. That's my house right there with the blue door. And so she takes a chance and goes with this stranger into his house. Now, Tony goes... He walks in and he's like, give me a minute. And he cleans up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he sends her all the way upstairs to the bathroom. <laughs> Tony goes, he didn't check the bathroom? You don't send a lady up to your bathroom? I said, Spike left the floater. You don't know. <laughs> I'm like, no way, dude. No um, Spike is a flatmate. As dirty as that kitchen was, I'm a little afraid of what that bathroom looks like. <laughs> he does very awkwardly tidy up the house as she's in the bathroom. And then she comes down and he offers her tea, coffee, OJ, Coke, water, apricot soaked in honey. Anything. Anything she saw what was left upstairs. She's like, I gotta go. <laughs> but he has this very, he talks about the apricots soaked in honey for way too long. And it's so awkward and weird. And she leaves. And he says, um, it was nice to meet you. Surreal, but nice. And, uh, and I'm like, she forgot her bag. And Elaine's like, no, she didn't. It's in her other bag. I'm like, no. He took the book bag and put it for down. For some reason, he put I put it on the floor. For some <laughs> reason, I totally forgot that that's why she comes back. So this is like one of her favorite movies, and she forgot but one of the pivotal plot I points. I did notice, because I thought it was weird when she went to go up the stairs. Some of her stuff was left at the bottom, and she carried the rest up with her. But I guess but I gave her something to change into. I guess she was in different clothes when yeah. she Yeah, came she, ca- she changed into, like, I don't know. A half shirt. No, well, in a skirt. It's, pr- it's like a clubbing outfit perhaps something she bought maybe in Notting Hill and um from the dress shop something she could get home before the papsia but so she she did forget her bag and she knocks back up and she says I forgot my bag and he gets it for him and then she kisses him and I'm like what oh Tony had a moment (laughs) she just so Tony went wait what he goes wait what did I stroke out and miss something (laughs) Because we and went through a says, completely awkward situation where you pouring like, orange juice on this poor no. woman, and now you're kissing him. <laughs> this doesn't happen. And then she says, it's probably best not to broadcast this. And he says, I'll probably tell myself sometimes, but I won't believe it. <laughs> and then she leaves. And then we flash to later that night. We have um, William and Spike watching one of her movies. And then at the bookstore... We see a dumbass. We get a scene of a dumbass customer not understanding what kind of bookstore this is. Mm. Oh, do you have the new gaunt John Grisham? No. Travel bookstore. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no. Travel bookstore. How's <laughs> my English accent? Is and it then. Bad? Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Then our next scene is at home, <laughs> and Spike comes into the kitchen wearing a wetsuit, 
And William says, uh, hey, man, uh, what's with your fashion choice? And uh, Spike says, you so know. So I was rummaging through your things. He's like, I don't have any clean clothes. And he's, he's like, it was very drag queen-esque, that <laughs> shirt playing. It was a wetsuit. <laughs> I know, but it was weird. It didn't look like any wetsuit I've ever seen. Well, he didn't have it zipped all the way up. <laughs> and it had like the thing in the crotch that buttons up and he and Spike yeah. stuffed some, like, I don't know, cigarettes? some or something It looked like there. cigarettes, honestly. I think it was a pack of cigarettes because there's a lot of smoking in this movie. Well, and, it was um, the 90s, and it's, you know, it was cool then. I had to get all that smoke He out. said it was a combination of not having any clean clothes, <laughs> and I was rummaging through your stuff, and I thought, what the hell? This is interesting. And he's like, you know, you're never going to have clean clothes if you don't do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> and um, he... Uh, he asks, he's got these goggles, and he's asked about, he's like, your goggles are broke. And then William tells him that they're prescription because he wears glasses. So he had prescription goggles made for when he went scuba diving, I guess. Good setup. Yeah, we'll see how that pays off. And then we see them up on the roof as Spike smokes, and they're talking about messages. And Spike apparently never writes down messages. And he's trying to remember all the messages he forgot. And then he's in, he's like, in the spirit of all this new message giving that we're giving, some American girl named Anna called a couple days ago. And she said that she was staying at the Ritz. And he didn't push her off. And it push was, he said it was really weird. She gave him this other name, but I can't remember. And then William tried to call the Ritz. And how, how did she get his number? Did he look it up in the phone book? Probably. He's probably listed. He seems like a kind of listed bloke. Back she then? did buy something from the travel bookshop too. She could have um, called sure uh, personal Martin number or whatever his name is. Yeah, back then not everybody had a cell phone. He probably didn't have a cell phone, just a home phone. And yeah, which is what she listed. called. Yeah, <laughs> she knew his name. Well, she called the bookstore and asked what's his name. I'm sure he gave it to her. Probably, but um. But yeah, he didn't. No. It's one of those little plot holes that no one really worries about because you can uh, work it's it out. Not a plot sure, it is because you work it out in your own mind. They didn't explain how she got the number, but you work it out in your mind and assume that she did X, Y, Z. That's called a plot hole. Fan theory. Yeah, like I don't think that by that's saying what that she looked up in the phone are. book would be a fan theory. It's not an elaborate fan theory, but it's a fan theory. But I don't theory. think it's a plot hole because a plot hole is when two things happen that when something happens that doesn't make sense. Like her calling him out and of the blue with no number. But it does make sense because this is ninety nine when everybody is in the fucking phone book. So what you're doing is you're theorizing that she looked up his number. And your fan. No. But it's yes, not that's exactly what you're doing. It's not ah. if she showed up at his house if she had never met him. That wouldn't make sense. No, no, she called him out of the blue. All right, whatever. You're not making any sense. So that's back in the blue. That's my so, friend's reference. Spike can't remember the name, and then he's like, Flintstone, because William's try, on the phone with the Ritz trying to figure out, and they won't tell him anything, and he's like, try Flintstone. And the guy, he's like, Flintstone? And the guy on the phone says, oh, I'll put you right through. Holy go lightly. That was, so, um, that was from another movie with Julie Roberts. He talks to her, and she says he's Mercy really playing Roberts. it cool, and he says... I'm not. My flatmate never... He says, my flatmate, who I'll stab to death later, never gave me the message. Mm-hmm. And she asks him if he wants to come. And he's like, can we do, like, coffee or tea? And she's like, tells him when he can come by. So he goes to the hotel. And she buys him to the hunk it. And, no, and the hunk it was supposed to be over. So when he gets there, there's the press junket going on for, the mo- for her latest film, Helix. And apparently this was all supposed to be over earlier, but... 
it's still going on and they ask him who he is and he lies and says he's with Horse and Hound magazine. <laughs> Which is probably because the he, best answer he could have <laughs> Because he's awkward and weird and very confused and just kind of in a panic blurts out the first British thing he thought because of. Because he just keeps rolling with Why it. Why would he not say, no, no, Miss Scott invited me over? Because that's just not what's because funny. I, I guess so, because I would if it was me, I'd be like, yes, Miss Scott invited me over right now. Um, but she, he does... Can you ask her about me, please? He does tell the woman, the woman running the press through the junket, that um, he believes that Mrs. Scott is expecting him, and she goes and checks, and she says, will come back this way, so he gets in there, and... When she came back <clears throat> and said, you have five minutes, I thought... She knew that, like, Anna had said, no, he's not with the magazine. I invited him here. But then she clearly doesn't. <laughs> no, like, no. her character well, has a problem of not acting. I wouldn't have told that woman anything. That's, it's the only... No. Or something? I don't think so. I think Short that the, the only person that works for her is, is, the the ge- is the dude. I think that's her British agent, that bald gentleman. Oh. And Who she probably should have told. Like one more question, might <laughs> like no, he's a friend. It's okay. I I don't. I think, think she plays would. it all close to the best because she has there's a bunch a of shit with her. The boyfriends word you look for is a boyfriend. She well, boyfriend. that but she also has like problems with the paparazzi and her boyfriend. But, and so and maybe she didn't want to be get an argument with her agent about I met this gentleman in the shops today and I just wanted to have a coffee with him. Yeah, you I know. That too. But anyway, she apologized. She says she thought this would be long over, and then the agent comes in and says. That uh, I like William, that. I hear you're from Horse and Hound, and Anna's like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> and fakes in, and is like, "All right, well, let's do this then. Let's ask me some questions." <laughs> I enjoyed this part where she's like, "Horse and Hound, Horse and Hound, okay, go." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's very awkward, and he obviously doesn't well, know what I questions like to, see to more ask. Horses in the movie, <laughs> and then like, the other... well, it was in space, so yeah. All the other reporters saw the movie before asking the questions, right? Yeah. And he's just asking them questions that don't make any. And then they, the guy steps out again, and they have a few minutes of private chat. And he's like, "Oh my god, I didn't know what to do. I'm so sorry." And they chat, and um, they have what's called a shared moment. But then, uh, well, also, this stuff is contractually obligated by the film company, so she's actually working, yeah. She can't just blow shit off. Well, she's Anna Scott, she can do whatever she wants. Well, mm, now, if you want to make 15 million a picture, you can't, yeah, you probably can. You You probably can't. Did you see RDJ blow that guy off in his junket? Yeah, that was pretty cool. There's a bunch of those where you watch like celebrities at the junkets melting down, try to give them shit or something. Did you see, did you see, uh, I'm sorry, but did you see, uh, when what's his name? I don't think he is. Like <laughs> Luther, what's his name? Jesse oh, Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah. Did you see when he was real shitty to that girl no. and gave her all that shit? I'll show you after the, after this is over. It's pretty podcast, good. Right. He's really mean to her. I wonder though because I've heard a lot about that recently. But were celebrities doing that to the press twenty years ago? Probably not as much. I don't know. No, I don't because the pre- it was different. Things were different back then. It's Before the internet, climate. The internet was a thing back then. I know, saying. just in its it was in its infancy. But before, like they didn't used to be like this. You needed them to be on your side to have a good career because bad press could kill you. Bad yeah. press can still kill your career. Yeah. It's not as easy to kill your career now, but it still can kill your career. That's right because now they have what is the internet? Um, what do you call it, like bloggers and vloggers and mm-hmm. PR people? Yeah. And, 
but yeah, it, it was different then. So, anywho, you needed house and ha- horse and hound. They get a couple minutes of private chat, and then <laughs> the agent comes back in and he wraps. Uh, he you know asks her if she can do, see something later, do something later, and she says no. So then he leaves, and as he leaves, the American agent comes back over and says, "Well, if you, we can just quickly run you through all the others." And Which he's like, really others? Funny. And then they run him through the other members of the cast in the junket, and he does not know what to ask these people. No. I thought that I would start fucking he with started <laughs> well with that first dude, and he was like, what was your favorite part of the movie to make? But then the guy's like, well, you tell me what you liked, yeah. and then I'll tell you if I enjoyed making it. I don't know. It was weird. But I thought he tried. He tried. He tried. He just I would have got shitty with that guy. <laughs> example of him being very British, because any one of us would have gone, uh, "No, I'm good." <laughs> no, not all of us, because one of us would have had some fun with yeah. this. Oh, well, I, I had fun with have. a couple. Yes, of but, I would have been mortified. But it's I a very left. different. <laughs> I'd have sat down and put up a leg, like, "Here we go." <laughs> There's a very different social culture in Britain than there is in America. Billy, how often have you been British? I'm not British, but well, I how have, would you know? But there's a very different social culture over there. Very British problems. Oh yeah, that it's is really funny. good. I <laughs> the watch, I've this. started watching a couple of YouTube shows that are, are the differences between very British Britain problems and, is really good. They basically break down all that stuff. And it's really well. Good. I've watched it's a couple really episodes fun. of Hee Haw. Doesn't mean I can go work at a rodeo. <laughs> no. Well, but there's, good, but. I don't know why you're attacking me like you don't think there's cultural differences between countries. <laughs> I've been to England. It's weird. It's fucking cold. <laughs> also, and went, everybody uh, gets in lines. <laughs> they queue up. They queue up. So, it was cold. Right. It was, they have weird food. So there. he finally <laughs> makes it out well, of the, the junket. Weird. You're into British stuff. We'll talk no, about I'm not later, into British stuff. <laughs> Family's. We're British. only. We. I don't even think we're ten minutes in this film. <laughs> well, it's yours. They haven't even got to the party yet. What's funny is how oh, Madeline gets when anybody talks about anything but her movie. But whenever anybody else is doing a movie, she will talk about anything else and go, "No, it's good." <laughs> You guys always complain about how long my episodes take. Uh, I never well, do. I don't. It's I don't give a shit. Him. I do. <laughs> <laughs> because you want to talk about every little thing, and God forbid we go off on a tangent about Downtown Abbey or some shit. Or RDJ, who needs to be talked about. <laughs> Not during my episode on Notting Hill. It don't make this episode, this movie better? No, if, RDJ. No. If RDJ had been her surprise boyfriend, I'd allow it. I think he, <laughs> I, I think he was too coked out. Yeah, I need to do anything. Well... <laughs> so he finally makes it out of the junket and then that one agent asks him just one more thing and brings him back and there's Anna Scott again mm-hmm. and she tells him that her plans fell through and asks him if he'd like to have dinner and he says yes of course shit fuck no <laughs> it's his sister's birthday and they're having a birthday dinner mm-hmm. and she says well that's okay I can be your date do you and blow do you blow your sister's dinner off yes my man <laughs> Do you bring your your do you bring ScarJo as your date to your sister's birthday dinner? No. Okay. Absolutely not. I love my sister. I'm just saying I would not bring ScarJo to meet her. On but she offers one. to be his date if that's okay, and he says sure. I would call her and be like, but so I'm not coming his, to your birthday dinner. He does say that his friend Max is a terrible cook, so they go to Max and his wife Bella's house. Mm-hmm. William and Anna go to the door, and they're. Very nice and wonderful and polite, and also very shocked that this girl that he's bringing happens to be Anna Scott, the actress. Well, she's like the biggest movie star in the world. I think that's how they're portraying her. And that 
unless you say, hey, I'm bringing Anna Scott over, it would catch you off guard. Like, mm. if we go downstairs right now, and <laughs> uh, Jennifer Lawrence is hanging out on the couch <laughs> with your son, I'd be like, hey, what the hell are you doing here? I, I agree it would catch I got the impression that they were surprised he was bringing anybody at all. Like, yes. this was the first yes, time were. since his divorce yeah. he's bringing a girl. So like, already they're like, who's it going to be? Ooh, it's a woman. <laughs> it's a woman. That's, that's, What's she going that's to a be? movie star. Oh, my yeah. goodness. It's Superwoman. <laughs> and uh, Oh, if Gal Gadot was downstairs, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Then his Gal Gadot, holy shit. Better be nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I loved you in Fast and Furious. She's <laughs> She you was great liked, You liked Justice League and liked, Wonder Woman. I did. So, and never mind. So, <laughs> then his sister, Honey, everybody, arrives. Everybody tells her they loved her in Wonder Woman, okay? <clears throat> then his sister, Honey, arrives, and she recognizes Anna instantly and has a bit of a freak out. Yes. Yeah, she kind of... She has a shared moment with herself. She has a, a woman crush Wednesday going on. She yeah. has what... I mean, there's only two types of people. There's the play it really cool people... Or the freak out to the nth degree people, and we clearly see that William is one. Well, no, he's playing it more awkwardly. But there's people that would just be like, "Oh, that's cool, you're a celebrity," and there's people that's like, oh, "You're a celebrity." <laughs> I'd like to think I'd be the first there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're so and so. Depends on who it is. I, I guess. think yeah. we all like to think that we'd be the first. I'm not. A, Until it's Joe fucking Pesci, like Joe fucking Pesci. I'm not I don't the fan girl type, so I don't think that I would be. Oh really? What about if it was Viggo Mortensen? Yeah, him too. I gotta tell you, my favorite Viggo Mortensen is Lord of the Rings Viggo Mortensen. Now, if he approached me and he looked like that, <laughs> and he started to speak Elvish, that would be one thing. However, she doesn't speak Elvish. When I see him he knows in a other movies, lines. she doesn't a... speak Elvish. She would just think he was having a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> if he looks like the last king there, there's plenty of guys out there that look like Viggo Mortensen in Lord of the Rings. You just need kind of a scuzzy dude with. Crappy yeah, like facial Jesus hair. complex thing. <laughs> yeah, you know who looks like Viggo Mortensen in Lord of the Rings? Everybody. Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> CrossFit Jesus? Yes. But he Not doesn't wrong. look like that most <laughs> of the time, okay so the I wouldn't be like, okay. <laughs> All right. So then um, it's cool, but I'm not going to lose my shit. I don't so, think I'd lose my shit because a lot of le- celebrities lately have really been assholes on TV and social media and stuff. Like if Shia LaBeouf's in the house, I'm like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave, dude. I also don't understand. I've never understood the whole point of audio autographs and all that stuff. No, like, I, it's like, oh, I look, don't need a piece of paper with your name on it. That, <laughs> it's to prove well, that you met them. There's yeah. a few people I would want autographs from, but most of them, nah. I mean, I'd like a I Frank Sinatra's under- autograph. That'd be cool. Well, he's dead. That'd be creepy. But well, and I can understand. Still some good out there. Like, like on Tesla, a record I'd like a Tesla his. autograph. Edgar, oh, Edgar Allan Poe, you know. Poe would probably be creepy. Tony I'd be afraid to ask him anything. Books, <laughs> yeah. the cool. writer, the I have a signed novel that. from my favorite author. But that's, that's awesome. That's yes, more, it took her a to notice. Yeah, well, I didn't read it right away. So oh, I spent I all that. this extra money to buy an that. autographed copy of a book from one of her favorite <laughs> authors. And I gave it to her for Christmas. And on Christmas morning, she opened it, looked at it, and I sat there for about five minutes looking at her, waiting for her to notice the autograph. Week, to me. I was it like, I'm going to see how long it takes her to fucking notice. A week later, she goes, this is signed. I was like, I'm aware. I paid for it. Well, I, why would I check? Why in a million years would I think you would do that? Because it's on the title page. Yeah, but you don't. I already know what the book is. I don't need to look at the title page. You know what the last time I got That's an autograph copy of anything? Just that once. That day. <laughs> Well, obviously, it's not something you're into. Well, it was really cool when I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't expect it. 
But there are times, like, if you had Frank Sinatra on a signed record and you framed yeah, it and put it on your wall, awesome. that would be cool. Well, if he but signed a piece of paper, I'd probably hang that up, too. There's, it's Frank Sinatra. In general, I'm like... This here I've never gotten it really. There's this uh, Hugh Grant, new um, eyeshadow palette coming out by this company Anastasia Beverly Hills. This Why are we on makeup? Because this happened recently and it's it's important to this tangent. Yes, but we're only five minutes <laughs> she into has the a movie. New palette com- it's very <laughs> it's a high end, very well known brand, mm-hmm. and she has a, a new palette coming out. And some people won a contest, and she signed the front of the palette, and for the contest winners when they got their pelts, so it had her signature on the front. And they've been talking about it all over a bunch of my makeup groups about whether this is cool or the most horrendous thing ever, because why would she sign that? <laughs> Which I just thought was interesting. Cause and I, are you going to keep it, or are you going to use it and then throw it away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what are you going to do? It's do you keep it and never open it? <laughs> No, the whole point it's is you're going to use it. But you want it. It's free, so who cares if it's yeah. autographed? But, like, it's just Honestly, one of those Honestly, for things. the most part with the autographs, it would be... It would it doesn't 99% of the time, it would be for someone else. You know what I mean? Like, if I saw Ryan Reynolds, I'd get a signed thing for you. Cause I'd you, take you know, it. Something like that. I would do it more for that. If I saw a celebrity, I'd be like, does anybody I know really like that person? I'd really I really like it signed. But for me, I don't, you know... If you run into him, can you have him sign a Deadpool, though? Sure. Thanks. I did see a Deadpool 2 car in Norfolk. Wow, that's... That's it's really level. weird. That's next level. I saw an Iron Man car once. Like, it was like banked out in an Iron Man. I was like, oh, shit. All right. Okay, so where so are we here? We're at the birthday party. We're at the birthday party. <laughs> We're still at the fucking party? <laughs> we haven't even all arrived. Because in the last member of the party, the last member of their friend group, Bernie, arrives. And he Bernie. is the only person who does not recognize Anna Scott. And he just starts talking to her. Oh, hello. Nice to meet you. And, well, there's um, something to that because there's a lot of things where you see these celebrities and they look like they do on TV, and then you see them in person, they don't look like that. Yes, because there's a lot of makeup and mm-hmm. airbrushing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. True. So and you wouldn't even know, be like, oh, you're so and so. You're out day to day. You don't have a makeup artist and a hairstylist. I have to say, <laughs> you're not in the chair for four hours before. People yeah. at work, people have trouble recognizing me sometimes. Like the people that we do jujitsu with, if we go out socially and I'm dressed the way I dress when I'm at work. A lot of times they don't recognize me at first. My customers don't recognize. So then it makes me I like it that uh, makes way, me though. think I'm like so they see me arrive with this woman and thought <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cheat on my wife with another woman and bring her to meet all my jujitsu friends who you all know my wife. Well, I That's think it just fucking means ridiculous. Like, I don't looks think like Elaine, but hotter. <laughs> Does she know about this? But I don't think so you're that dating the a woman, makeup you're cheating on your that... wife with someone who looks like your wife. I kind of think that I like yes what I'm And that's what I think in when they workout do that. clothes I look different like, when I'm really? dressed. But I don't think the makeup makes makes that much of a difference but apparently it does so I could totally see how you wouldn't necessarily think or you might just think hey that kind of just looks like Robert Downey Jr. and one of them said the the other lady said you're a spitting image of holy shit no you're actually her well there's also (laughs) another thing uh, if you watch like if you watch Avengers and then you watch Infinity War they use like there's digital makeup now because yeah. if you watch Avengers, like D- Robert Downey Jr. has really big pores in his skin and stuff. You can see, especially in his close-ups, but in the new ones, you don't see it at all because they digitally smooth all that stuff out because they're really good at it now. But in 99, they weird. weren't doing no, that. No, no, so. no. No, they had no way. <laughs> yeah, real people have pores. <laughs> and uh, so Artie he asked, he asked Anna out. what, <laughs> Bernie asked Anna what she does, and she says she's an, an actress. actress. <laughs> and he says that he works in the stock market. 
and he talks about how actors aren't paid very much and how he's got some friends that don't make a lot of money. And then he asks her how much she was paid for her last picture, and she says... $15 million. Which, which is... How much she got paid for this movie. Which is a fun trivia I thing. I read the trivia. John said that. It was right when this part happened, and I said, oh, he read the trivia. <laughs> no, she said, you read the trivia? <laughs> like, why else would I know that? <laughs> That's when you think... Because this movie made a lot of money. He's like, man, she should have asked for some points at the end or something. <laughs> but not all actors get that back end I stuff. I know, I know. They but should, though. Shit. <laughs> she, she then, as that's such a wonderful exit line, she then goes to the bathroom. And Honey goes to show her where it is. And Bernie still apparently does, has not figured out who she is. Because Honey goes to take her to the bathroom and apparently and followed her in and was still talking. And Anna had to leave her, ask her to leave so she could go to the bathroom. And then she unbuttoned her pants. And everybody starts talking at once while she's in the other room. And Bernie's like, that's Anna Scott? Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> and it's just mortified. But... Dinner goes well. She comes out. They eat dinner. Everything seems wonderful. They're laughing. They're chatting. They're having a good time. Bella leans over and asks um, Hugh Grant, or no, asks Anna how, what she thought of dinner. And she says that she, or what did she think of the guinea fowl? Wow. And she said, She's Go. vegan. She's a vegetarian, vegetarian. Yeah, so vegetarian. she didn't eat it. It's hard for me to formulate thoughts. I don't have every word written down. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened because you give me so much shit when I get it wrong. But she's going to keep her secret. Yes. We won't tell. And then they, and then there's one brownie left, and they play this game where the last brownie goes to the saddest sack here, and it starts off kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And it gets really serious. Yeah, I was like, this is not a game. This is like <laughs> no. bad. It gets it gets starts off funny, but it gets pretty serious when we this is when we find out that Bella and Max cannot have children, and it's very sad. Bella is in a wheelchair; she was in a car accident, and now they can't have kids, so it's very upsetting. But uh, then Max, who seems to be just a wonderful dude all around, makes it funny again by turning it on. William and saying all the horrible thing, you know, what all the sad things and depressing things about William and his college nickname Floppy. <laughs> and then uh, Anna says, "Well, don't I get to try the brownie?" And they're like, "No." no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Let me try." And she says something, you know, she goes on to say that, you know, she's been on a diet every day since she's been 19 <laughs> and just kind of tells all the things about fame that Paparazzi Art. follower everywhere. everywhere and, and, every- and they all kind of stare at her like, oh, maybe that sucks. But then they're like, yeah. nah, no. Fuck you. <laughs> it, gets, it gets kind of sad and serious again, but then again, Max is like, oh, nice try. <laughs> and uh, But it was a good night. And they leave and they're, walk- and they're walking home or walking back to her hotel. And he asks her to come back to his place. And she says no. That it's too complicated. But they, uh, but then she asks what he's doing tomorrow. It's a nice way of saying, I'm not going back to that gross-ass place. And he <laughs> says, I thought you were leaving tomorrow. And she says, there was a floater. I was. <laughs> so she's planning to stay if he will hang out with her. And they keep walking. And as they walk, they come across these private gardens. Mm-hmm. And she asks about him, and she wants to go in and see. And he's like, no, we can't. And she's like, come on, don't be a baby. And he tries to climb the fence, and he falls, and he says, whoopsie daisy. (laughs) And she makes fun of him, because only little girls with ringlets say whoopsie daisies. 
And he's like, I couldn't possibly have said whoopsie daisies. And then he <laughs> falls again and says it again. And then she's like, back up, I'll show you how it's done. And he's like, no, no, it's very hard. And then he, and she gets right over and he's like, oh, no, actually it's not. <laughs> so then he finally makes it over the fence and he says, what in the world in this garden would make this ordeal worthwhile? And she kisses him. Good answer. And mm-hmm. they walk around the garden and they end up sitting on a bench with the inscription for June who loved this garden from Joseph who always sat beside her. And it's very wonderful and romantic. And she sits on the bench and then she tells him to come sit with her. Because he started to walk away. She sits down, he walks away. Yeah, that was long. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell is he doing? And Elaine, He's Elaine's giving her wi- space. Wisdom goes, he doesn't have a lot of moves. <laughs> Oh. Those are the opposite of moves. Is what he is doing. <laughs> he should do nothing. Whatever he's doing, do less. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. Nice Seinfeld poll. Okay. Why do you always name my references? Because maybe some of our friends out there don't know. Well, if they don't and know, maybe then that they would just bug and be like, "Oh my God, what is that from?" I'm helping. It just—I don't. It just bothers me when you feel like you have to name every reference I make. It helps. It's weird. It helps. I know our listeners probably really care about this. <laughs> anyway, so the next day, we see William frantically searching the house for his glasses because he's going to go to the movies and he can't go to the movies without his glasses. Can she go to the movies? Yeah. Eh. Well, that was that was one thing that bothered me a little bit. Like, if she's super famous, you can't yeah, go anywhere. <laughs> she she should be wearing, you know, like celebrities do, the big glasses and a hat or something. Yeah, they should do the Marvel disguise. Yeah. But the then again... Ball cap and glasses. But then again, it just I guess it just depends on her... Fame because like uh, you hear about that once in a while like um, Caviezel or what, what's his name Superman yeah John Henry 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 Cavill Henry Cavill James Caviezel is somebody else he okay. played Jesus yeah he was well, Jesus anyway Superman when Justice League was coming out put a Superman shirt on and walked all around the middle of New York seeing how bad he'd get mobbed nobody knew who he was <laughs> see now I think it depends wow really yeah, yeah. I think it really depends on the how, the side Have him try that shit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, it Anyways. depends on. Go ahead, dear. No, too late. You, you had a point. You missed it. Oh. I will say, if she, I get the impression in this town, if she walked around with a big hat and big glasses, it probably would might make stand her stand out, out more. Maybe. I don't know. They might just think she's going to a wedding. Maybe. She had a fancy hat, not like a ball cap. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> but um, we see at the movies. And we see Anna and William, and William did not find his glasses, but he is wearing the prescription goggles. Which was very obvious. Yeah. And was really funny. He might as well had a sign on them in, earlier in the movie that said, these will come up later. <laughs> it was funny. I thought it was a good setup. It was and a good setup. I like how she she was laughing and threw popcorn at him, like, you asshole. Well, also, uh, Spike goes, what is this? And he sits, he's been sitting on them the whole yeah. time. Then they go to dinner. If you have a famous movie star and you want to be incognito. Wear prescription goggles. <laughs> they go to no dinner. No one's looking at her. <laughs> well, they go to dinner, and there's some gentlemen at the next table who start mm. talking about Anna Scott. And at first, <laughs> it sounds complimentary, but then it turns raunchy. Mm-hmm. Well, she even likes it at first. But. This is the second movie that we have watched in like two days where someone used the words, she's gagging for it. We watched Mission Impossible 2 the day before. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. Mission Impossible 2, it's a movie with Tom Cruise. And oh, goodness I've heard gracious. that. Just <laughs> the expression. But I've decided that that really bothers me. She's and I find it. it very upsetting. Is it more upsetting than Weddy? 
Yes. Ugh. What about massive? Just <laughs> when he says wetty, for me, it's like when most people say moist. Yes. Yes. We're watching the and movie. I'm like, Would you just stop? We're watching the movie. Nope. And I'm like, oh, that phrase, there it is again. It's so terrible. And John's like, what, gagging for it? I'm like, oh my God, stop it. It's very, uh, I find it very upsetting. Mm. I don't know why. It's very upsetting. It gives me a wetty. <laughs> <laughs> what, when you gag for it? Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so like, gross. you know what, fancy a fuck? That sounds fun. Gagging for it, not so much. That you're okay with. Uh, yep. But gagging for it. I'm no. not okay with it. <laughs> okay, so. Um, GFI. Geez. But William is, an, is a good guy, so he decides that he has to go over and say something to those guys, Excuse and they pretty much tell him to piss off like, and mind his fuck own up. business. He's like, She's a person. How about we be a little nicer? <laughs> All right, look. In the, in the table full of guys' defense, you're out with your blokes, right? <laughs> when you're out with your blokes, some shit gets said. And when some random dude comes over and is like, hey, that's a person. I'm like, why the fuck are you listening to my conversation? Now, I have to say, I, I would not have been as bothered by this conversation if they were at like a pub and everybody's drinking but they seem to be at a nice restaurant at a private table and i was like yeah everybody in this restaurant can hear you <laughs> i thought maybe it was going to be like you know there's some kids maybe you guys oh, that didn't <laughs> seem like a restaurant you bring your kids to i've actually recently have been to a not a nice restaurant it's a regular you know like a pub not a pub like a sandwich shop. I don't want to use the name because I don't want to disperse them, disperse them, whatever. Anyways, yeah, you were somewhere too. getting a sandwich. And, and there was four young ladies. They had to be about their 20s. And they're saying worse shit than this. <laughs> I don't want to say it now, but they were saying worse shit than this. Should I have said something to them? No. He only <laughs> said because something because laughing. he was, was with <laughs> the person that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know that. But he felt compelled to defend because her honor. Because she was there. Because she was there. Mm-hmm. And they told him to piss off like you would. I and, wouldn't. If I was her, I would have said with me like, and yeah. Then Anna, and then Anna says, you know, you tried. And she's like, there was a time when I would have said something to them. And then she's like, why don't I say something to them? So then she goes up and she says, I want to apologize for my friend. He's kind of sensitive. <laughs> and um, then she has to dis- besmirch their penis size. And then she says that <laughs> she thinks they'll have tiny bricks. And it's, walks away. Why? Why did that? Was that necessary? It's a yes. go-to. It's a go. Why is that's it's always the go-to. go-to. And, you, and you have a small penis. Right. Compensating for something. Because most yes, of the people. Because no. Most gentlemen don't want you. Don't want when they see someone they're attracted to. One of the things they don't want people to think is that they have a small penis. Okay, I'll give you that. But the flip side of that is when a bunch of blokes are hanging out, some shit like that's going to get said. But a bunch of girls are hanging out, some even worse shit gets said. Girls are raunchy. Okay, some girls so, are, some girls aren't. Some dudes are, some dudes aren't. That's well, not a gender thing. Right. But so you, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I think they gave him a bit of a hard time here for... Should they have been quieter? Yeah. No. Th- honey, this is... The only reason this is in this movie is so that he can try to be the good guy and stand up for her. I'm just happy he didn't get his ass like kicked. You know, if, if this was across the pond, they probably would have beat him up. This is a movie trope where the dude says something shitty about the girl, where they think the girl can't hear it, and then the uh, the boy that likes the girl confronts the dudes. This is a movie trope that's been around so this for even, this is better than giving decades. Her, this is better than giving her the last brownie. No, it's not. It's a, <laughs> it's a totally this different. This is points? completely no. different. Brownie okay. points. All right. So no, they we're, leave. We're going to move on. They leave. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> 
And uh, she, she they go back to, to the hotel, hotel and she invites him up. She says, give me five minutes and then come up. Because, you know, she doesn't want to see them be entered, to, you know, entering the hotel together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he follows her up and she opens the door and she's like, you have got to leave. <laughs> well, first he gives her a nice little kiss. Oh, I can't believe I get to do that to you. And she's like, and yeah, like oh, leave. that's sweet. And then she goes, you have to leave. Why? My boyfriend is here. Ooh. And he's like, wait, what? And then in my mind, Tony went, what? <laughs> and then Alec Baldwin <laughs> Alec Baldwin was great in this he, he, he asked him pops to... around the corner he's like hey guy how you doing who the well, fuck is this guy I mean... like he's high or on coke or something yes probably <laughs> no I think he was probably just... in real life and that character <laughs> he probably came in and did just like that he came in he's like hey guy how you doing and the director was like well, just do got... that over there he goes in the other room yeah where were you got says... on go <laughs> She says she's really sorry. She didn't know he was going to be there. She didn't think he'd ever come. <laughs> like, they were on a break. It's pretty clear. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's very clear that they were on a break. Oh, did they say that? And she didn't cheat on her boyfriend with William. So. Did she say that? I think it's pretty clear they were on a break. Oh, so you're, what you're doing is you're theorizing again. Gotcha. I didn't say that. That's a hell I of a hypothesis. <laughs> but anyway, so Alec Ball, you know, she, Alex. The boyfriend asks who he is, and she's like, he's just picking up, he's the room service guy, and he's like, hey, can you adios these dishes and take out the trash? And he's and like, very, very Some very really cold, cold water. water. <laughs> Still water. Very like, cold. Like the kind that Bobby Boucher had, the water boy. It's yeah. still cold. He's very, Antarctica. he's very rude, Alan Baldwin. He says I don't think he was rude. He totally uh, I don't know. Gives no, money. because he's, he's like, unless it would absolutely kill kill you to give me a water that isn't room temperature like he's rude well that's an english thing though they don't put ice in anything yeah well they shouldn't because it just takes up space from the beverage but, <laughs> i'm just saying no but he's cl- but he's think, rude i don't think he's rude i, he's rude. I just think he's a little he's a little douchey but i mean you know people talk to i wouldn't talk to people that serve know. me like what that some I people do. yeah because i'm also really like who bring me food yeah I, because i don't want them to spit exactly <laughs> i don't know i've always hated him Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Well, no, then, this character. Uh, from the very first time I watched... want her to be with you, Grant. No. I don't even know. The very first time I saw it, it's the very first word he said. I'm like, oh my God, this what a piece of shit. You're not supposed to like him, so you're okay with her I'm, cheating on him. I know I'm not supposed to like him, but some. But I've always hated this character. Mm-hmm. Why can't you just let me have thoughts? I'd let you have a thought. What comedian was it that we watched recently that said, people ask me if famous people are nice, and I'm like, I mean... Who knows if they're nice? Were you watching that with no. me? And he's like, well, I'm sure that this dude, I think it was somebody from SNL or something. And they're like, I'm sure that this dude is nice in his own way, but he's been having people follow him around for 20 years and he's used to just going, this is what I want. And maybe he thinks that's nice, but I'm not used to that. So I don't think it's nice. <laughs> I do believe you get kind of douchey the, you know, the further, i say the further away from reality you're getting. It's like people who were born like rich and famous, they don't know what it's like to be a normal person, so mm-hmm. they think that's normal. Hey, I want some water. Someone brings you water, so then you become a normal person. Be like, I'd like some water, and you look at Tony. Did and he's you like, see? So get your fucking ass up. <laughs> did you listen? Did you listen to that Kevin Smith thing where he was talking about Prince? And he was like, Prince does, he Prince will just get up in the middle of the night and ask somebody for a llama. And you have to explain to Prince that we're yeah. in Wisconsin. <laughs> and we don't have llamas. And he doesn't understand. He's Prince. <laughs> and then he had Kevin Smith make him a movie that no one's ever seen. Yeah. But the impression I got from this guy wasn't necessarily that he was being an asshole. It's just that he doesn't 
He doesn't think that this is weird. You work here. I want something. Here's some money. Go get it. <laughs> well, the impression I got from the things that she said and from everything that this character did was that he was a ginormous dick. Well, he, he has was. a ginormous... But maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, I don't know about Alec Baldwin. I mean, I wasn't like, but, ooh, that guy's nice. I mean, he was a little no. bananas, and he was kind of all over the place. But I mean, I he, didn't think. And I just want to have. Rational. I'm happy that we have another Baldwin brother on the podcast. Welcome back, Baldwin boys. <laughs> all right. So, anyways, he was it Billy Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> he leaves. From Holly Davidson and the Marble Alex? Man. You know that episode. That wasn't Alex. Alex is in this. But he sadly well, leaves. Is it Alex and Alex? No, there's four. I don't know. There's Steven, Billy, Alex. Alex. Billy? No. No? It's not. You said Billy? Alex Baldwin is not. Is Alec. It's not Alex. Adam. Adam it's, Baldwin? Yes, but he's not. He's not a Baldwin He's Baldwin? not a Baldwin. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, Anyways. so he leaves with the trash and the dishes. And yeah. you see him outside. And, the tip. <laughs> and you see him outside the hotel taking his goggles out of his pocket and sadly walking home. Alec, and Daniel, William, and Steven. Daniel! Daniel, that's mm-hmm. the one that's in Harley Davidson, The Marble Man. Right? Yes, sure. Yeah. I think so. And um, then uh, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart plays as sung by the wonderful Al Green written by the Bee Gees. Really? Yeah. With all the Bee Gees or just that main guy? Um, Barry and, uh, not Robin, so it was Barry. Barry Gibb. It was Barry and, oh God, and, uh, and there's Barry three and of G. Right. There was the B. <laughs> so, this no. isn't important. We'll move on. <laughs> well, BGs stand for Brothers Gib, not Barry and I whatever. I, I, know. I was just kind of giving you a hard time. <laughs> they write a lot of really popular songs. Yeah, they're super awesome. They're really good at writing lyrics. Anyway, so um, we see scenes from the music from her movie Helix. And then we see William at the movies. Is anybody else worried that she's not going to survive space in that outfit? She was wearing spandex <laughs> and like a helmet that has air underneath it. <laughs> I was worried she was going to well, die. It's a Hollywood thing. It's a futuristic Hollywood movie, and they always have these spacesuits that now seem very much like Spike's um, lounge around the house scuba Smoke suit. suit. So, mm-hmm. mm. Anyways, so then we get a scene with Spike wanting Will to open up to him. I'm in contact with some pretty serious spiritual vibrations right now. So you just need to tell me what's wrong. Hey, do you think in um, Notting Hill 2, Electric Boogaloo, Spike moves into their house in Hollywood and it keeps wearing her outfits for movies? No. I think no. Spike moves out and moves in with his sister. Is that his yes. sister? Because he marries Honey. <laughs> yeah. I think Honey and Spike live in the house with the blue door and he and uh, Anna move to a nicer place. <laughs> no, they, they clearly live in um, Notting Hill because they're in the park. <laughs> we are so ruining yes, the movie. <laughs> but there is nicer places in Notting Hill than the flat. And she the does have $15 million just from the last movie. And, she's and, and the sister end up in the blue door. All right, well, that, All right, so that's anywho. like a theory. Like a fan theory. So, it's my fan theory. William tells Spike that uh, it's as if he's taking love heroin, but can't have any more. It's very That's sad. fucking harsh, man. Love heroin. And then, Chasing the um, dragon and shit. <laughs> That he has dinner with his friends, and apparently they all knew she had a boyfriend, and he's the only one that didn't know because he doesn't read gossip magazines. I really think that they should have mentioned something at dinner, like she's and, got a boyfriend, dude. <laughs> but they didn't care. I don't well, know. I would have brought I'm it up. I'm sure they weren't thinking, oh, they're going to become a couple. <laughs> all right, yeah. Right. yeah but that math checks that, out. That math checks out. No, but you would have said, isn't she dating Blinkenblogger? You know. You might have, yeah. Maybe the next day. That. We don't really know. 
at this point, we're not sure how much time is passing. The shock factor would have some of them are like the the next day. Boyfriend thing, like oh shit, that's Sam Scott. Yeah, that makes sense. So then, uh, Max says that he has a solution, and her name is Tessa, and he will admit her hair is very frizzy. But she kisses like a nymphomaniac who just got out of prison. Is that what he said? Something like that. He's like, and, um, I've, I've been told. I've been told. Yikes. Because his wife so gave then, him like the evil eye. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> then we see dinner with Max and Bella and Tessa with the frizzy hair. She's overzealous. She reminds me of frizzy. Tracy Almond. Yeah. <laughs> Almond. Almond? Or Tracy Almond. Almond. I think it's Almond. <laughs> okay. She reminded me of Tracy. Then, then we get a nice montage of dinner dates. Her name used to be Shithouse. The second it. one. Changed it to The second tree. dinner is with oh. Kazaya the Fruitarian. Oh, God. What's a, <laughs> what's a Fruitarian? And I said, what's that? And, and Tony's like, I don't know. And then he she asks in the movie, thankfully. And she explains that she believes that, that, fall off the tray that fruits and vegetables have feelings. And she only eats things that have fallen naturally and, and everybody that at the party cooking reacts, is murder like so, you so, are but you're hearing this so the, so the carrots were murdered <laughs> it's like uh wow right. and then we have the next dinner like you're about to be thin <laughs> with the perfect girl who's only billed in the credits as perfect girl what else was she in she looked very funny uh, i don't know dude it drew me crazy because i thought it was ross's wife I thought it was Emily, no, but it was not. It looked like her, but then no, it wasn't. I, I she was thought a lot of stuff, Emily. but she was very familiar to me too. But I hadn't seen anything. Me neither. I, I was think like, I know this chick from British something. British background chick, maybe. maybe. Maybe she's just been in the background of a bunch of stuff. Maybe she's or like a go-to just background. Another person that looks kind of like her. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. She's perfect. Like the girl leaves, and they're like, "So," and he's like, "She's perfect," but unfortunately, he's still in love with Anna. And they ask him if he wants to stay the night, and he says, sure. And we get this sweet look as Max carries Bella up the stairs. And I was like, oh, but that's not going to be going on in 10 years. He says he's <laughs> only ever loved, what, two, two women? Two, no, women two, or? two women. Two women before Anna. Yeah. Before Anna, he's only right. ever loved two women. One left him, and the other one was stupid enough to marry his best friend. Yes. <laughs> and she says, I never fancied you. <laughs> yeah. like, kissing you is like kissing an ear or something weird. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> no, like, she said that he used to kiss her ears, and it was gross. Oh, okay. I knew there was an ear kissing thing. It was thing. an ear thing. I don't remember that either. That sounded right. right. Carly said it, and I was like, I think that's what she said. That sounds right. <laughs> so it's the next day. He walks home. He's shaving, and the doorbell rings. And he opens it, and it's Anna Scott. And she ex- you got some fairy dust. You got more fairy dust. She explains that there were some nude pictures of her leaked to the press. Mm. And maybe a video. That she's being, the hotel was surrounded, and she didn't know where else to go. And he's like, come on in. I've got you. I'll take care of you. Say, come to daddy. And so they sit So where are these pictures exactly? <laughs> So she, she says it was a photo shoot from a long time ago, but it looks like broke, blah, blah, somebody blah, blah. videotaped it. So now yeah. it looks like it was porn, and it's just terrible and devastating. So if it was a photo shoot, I don't know what her definition of porn is, but that's not it. Well, some photo shoots, they change, and they're naked and doing this. Still thing. not porn. Well, it could be from the right angle. Well, any, oh. <laughs> any photo of a naked woman can be porn if you look at And any photo of a naked man. There's a very fine line between art and... Would you like and to know the difference? Porn. If someone's masturbating to it, guess what is porn? <laughs> um, that's pretty much definition. Is this for sexual gratification? But lots of things that's can be. That's the legal definition. But like just be. I've heard. 
but now it looks like a porno video, like it was made purposely as a porno. So if I rather than just naked photos in front of, of like a, you know, place I'm not supposed to do it, but I'm not masturbating, then it's not porn. Yeah, it's still porn. Damn. <laughs> would a Tuesday's off. Would a reasonable person think it's porn? Yes. It's like if it's like a naked woman that's been sculpted. Oh, that's clearly art. Is it? <laughs> but if it's like you know a zoomed-in picture of a woman's breasts, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> it just depends on your definition of art. Hmm. You may, I'm going you may to... watch porn and have be like, "That's an artistic value right there." The acting was top-notch. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yeah, she says that she knows it's been months. But she just didn't know where else to go. And he offers tea or a bath. And she's like, a bath would be lovely. I don't think I'd ever have ever offered a guest a bath. Well, I might offer him a bath, but I wouldn't accept like, in Spike's house. Give me give me <laughs> ten minutes. I'll go clean the tub yeah. and we can take a bath. Give <laughs> me hydrochloric acid that I could pour speaking into of, that. Speaking of Spike, he comes home. He's got the... National Enquirer or whatever they call it in Britain. With the grainy photos. With the grainy photos. And he goes into the bathroom and it looks like he is... At first, the first couple, the first time I saw it, I thought he was going to go in there and masturbate. No, he went to go pee. But he went to go pee and she's like, hello, you must be Spike. And he turns around and looks at her and then he kind of walks with his back to her towards the door. And he comes right and- back in and goes... <laughs> I was just checking. <laughs> I gotta say, most times if a woman's in the bath or whatever, uh, ah, you run out. Mm. Okay, you simple mistake. You walk back in, you're a pervert. In this case, you give them the pass <laughs> because you don't expect she a naked woman. Or it's out. Anna Scott. You're like, she didn't. I'm sorry. Out. I just had to make sure it was you. Thanks <laughs> a lot. She didn't tell him he had to leave. It almost looked like she was gonna let him pee. <laughs> that happened on. I was watching one of those. Stupid Julie shows. Roberts was in a bathtub. No, it happened oh. to um, ScarJo on a plane. Something oh, I saw her. that. She, yeah, was, um, she was in the bathroom and she took her pants off. It was like, dude, truth or uh, this happened to me or something. It was on. This it was, was just a yeah. It was, just it was on one of night. those nighttime shows. Yeah, and it was like she was in the bathroom with the port. A plane. nighttime show? You mean like the ones that come on late at night on Cinemax? No, no. yes, sicko. No, a nighttime. <laughs> this was like, artistic. This yeah. is different. That was like it's like the late show. She was in the bathroom on a plane and the door lock didn't work, so a guy opened up, and he didn't know like. He didn't expect she, it. Well, I think she fell or something. No, she was sitting there. Was you know, she was, we'll say she was peeing. Why not? Okay. <laughs> you know John loves Scarjo. He's got all the details. <laughs> I've seen this twice, as a matter of fact. Because <laughs> the game they played was funny. And then she's sitting there, and she's like, there's my vagina just out to him. And he's looking at me, and he froze. <laughs> so I had to tell him, shut the door. <laughs> so made me like, oh, shut the door. <laughs> Because he wasn't, you know what? I think the guy gets a pass. Because you know what? So too. I think those any, things have things. It's it's said vacant. You open yeah. up. You don't expect to see Scar Joe in a vagina staring at you. Look, I think for the most part, most people get a pass on that kind of thing. Yeah. Even if it's not a celebrity, if it's not a place you expect a person, like if I, if it's just me and my roommate and no one ever comes over because I'm obviously a weirdo, if and there's someone in the tub, you might do a double take. Like yeah. there's a girl, <laughs> like. Of course you get a pass. I don't think it's creepy. And then ScarJo finished up saying, well, I knew I was so, going to have to finish and walk past this guy and didn't know what to say. Then after... <laughs> I would have... If I was that dude, I wouldn't have said nothing. No, like, mm. We flashed to William and Anna. <laughs> They're <laughs> chatting. And uh, she apologizes about the stuff that happened last time. Mm-hmm. Sorry for cheating on my boyfriend with you. And 
she t- and he asks how her boyfriend is, and she's like, "I have no idea. We we're not, <laughs> we're not." And then he asks her what she's reading, and she says it's a script. And he asks her if he wants her to go over her lines, so they do that. This was a fun little scene. And then we get this montage of them hanging out together, and it's as if they have been dating or married forever. They just have. A nice, relaxing day, just doing everyday, ordinary things. Chemistry, they have chemistry, is what you're saying. So that guy who was review you read, liar, or woman, <laughs> scuba diver. Then, um... Scuba pro. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> scuba Steve. Then they go to bed, <laughs> and he escorts her to his room and leaves her there to go sleep on the couch. He said, yeah, I changed the sheets. That's nice. Which she was glad for, I'm sure. And he can't sleep, and he hears footsteps, and he gets all excited, but it's Spike. And uh, he says, he's like, I feel like I just have to tell you that with this opportunity, I think that maybe you should go slipper one. (laughs) And William is like, no. And Spike says, too soon. I understand. Do you mind if I have a go? (laughs) And uh, William gets mad. So then Spike goes back upstairs and he hears William hears footsteps again and, and he goes like two seconds later they would have had to have passed each other yeah. on the fucking stairs well it's movie magic <laughs> and then uh, like, he says please I was like I saw her coming down I'd run up the stairs he says please sod off and she's like okay and he's like oh no I thought you were Spike and uh, she invites him up and they have the sex and then it's Tony's the, got his head like not nah, yeah they do they have the art and then it's the morning after and it seems lovely they have little and, banter about boobs yes yeah, she asks him what's the deal with men and nudity and that is one of those things that I wonder because like we don't know why do girl, girls want us to why do you care about boobs we don't know if we knew we would get over it <laughs> no, but we like, just love boobs leave us alone it's, 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 it's just one of, it's just one of those things because I know like there are plenty of, not all men, but there's plenty of men that will see boobs and be like, oh, those are really nice boobs. And I'm sure there must be women that see penises and go, ooh, look at those nice penises. But in general, <laughs> I think that we're just like... Carly's not one, clearly. <laughs> no, but Carly made a great face. But in general, I feel like most straight women see a penis and they're just like, that'll work. Most straight it's women not like you prefer do, admire a it. handsome fella in boxer briefs. <laughs> yes, yes. Cover that shit up till we need it. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Cover that shit up till we need that it. needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> so we're starting our first t-shirt here on the podcast. <laughs> on the back, on the back, it's got a cell phone with one of those no symbols over it that says, and it says no dick pics. And on the front, it says cover that shit up till you need it. We, till we need it. Till we need it. All right, so, uh, they, uh, they go downstairs and the doorbell rings and hol- and he goes and he answers it and he's in his boxer shorts and a t-shirt mm-hmm. and holy shit, it is the fucking press. He freezes. Like and all he of them freezes ever. for a second and then he shuts the door and then Anna's like, who is it? And all she's wearing is a man's uh, dress shirt. It's, uh, I assume it's his, but... Yes. But, and- like, why would... Anna Scott, this is the one, this is my, the thing I think Tony is a plot was hole. so bothered by the fact that Why? they have a I know, man. Like, what the fuck? You just answer the door because somebody rings? No, but <laughs> if you're a celebrity, would you ever just answer the door? 
I would never answer the door ever. I don't answer the door now. <laughs> I have now. a peephole. And I'm like, okay, there's a billion people out there with a camera. I'm not answering. No, but like, I at least look at the fucking mail slot. <laughs> but, but if you were a celebrity, you would never answer the door no. if you were just wearing a shirt. No. Are there windows? Like in the front of the house? No. I don't think there were. No. It's a weird No, house. it was upstairs. When Spike went to check, he was upstairs. Okay. Well, I was quite... But I don't remember. anywho's. So she opens the... She's like, who's out there? Is it a surprise? And she opens the door. Because this and, is the oh dumbest my person God. in the world. This, is, this scene here is and just shit, except for Spike. Then she closes the door, and she freaks out. And then Spike comes downstairs, and she stops upstairs to call her driver or whatever. Then Spike comes downstairs, and, and he's, he's wearing a pair of gray briefs. <laughs> and William's like, don't open the door. The press is out there. So what does Spike do? Opens the door. And saves the whole scene by doing what, Carly? He's doing poses. He flexes. <laughs> he he, he fulfills Carly's T-shirt. And then <laughs> he goes back in the house. So now here's my question before I, if you get too mm-hmm. far ahead. Now, they were all worried about there's going to be these pictures of William and Anna and the whole scandal. Mm-hmm. I'm the paparazzi. I saw him, I saw her, then I saw a guy. Another guy wearing even less clothes. Uh-huh. They had a little little menage. That's that the story. That actually is something that I thought when... That's the when story. When he went out there, too, there's three but people in the road. They would not have house. gone with, oh, look, she's with this guy. And then went, she's fucking everybody. And we have proof. Here's the fucking here's well, the, the pictures. Well, can I say two things? First, no, you can say one and a half. First, Spike comes back inside, stands in front of the mirror... And it's like, how do I look? Not bad, not bad. Chicks love gray, nice firm buttocks. <laughs> and two, Spike's the one that leaked the story to the press. Sort of. Sort of. He told a couple guys down. So I'm sure there's plenty of stories about the menage a trois, but I'm sure that her publicist instantly got on that well, and was like, that's just the roommate. <laughs> so I'm sure that everybody still believes she has a threesome, but this press were told a story about staying with a friend and that was their roommate. That's why you go on the roof with a hose and just make it rain. Okay. Or you so pee. Anna yeah. throws a, a bit. She's <laughs> super rude to him. She is. She goes full And bitch. William thinks it's no big deal and it'll blow over. And she's like, no, to my career, this is huge. And he's like, it's just news. It's just a newspaper. Today's news is tomorrow's waste paper basket. Lines tomorrow's waste paper basket. And she's like, what are you talking about? Newspapers last forever. Every time anybody ever looks me up, this will come up. It will haunt me forever. And she says. there's no mention of the threesome. She says, I will regret this forever. And then he says, I will feel the opposite. And will always be glad you came to stay, if that's all right with you. But she's, she's she's like piss off ghost. The doorbell rings again, <laughs> and they say Spike who's out there. Spike leans out a window and is like, "It's a chauffeur." So she leaves. Mm. I didn't get my reference. He says, "Piss, piss off ghost. ghost." Yeah, I know. I already made the Thor Ragnarok reference. <laughs> it's my birthday. All right, and um, she leaves, and then we get "Ain't No Sunshine" playing. And we get this... I love that song so much. Me too. <laughs> and we get this little passage of time where he's walking down the street and it's... That was a cool scene. It was sunny was and then it was shot. rainy like was, and then it was snowing and then it was sunny yeah, again. No special effects there. That, that wasn't cutscenes. That was one you walked right through. To show the passage of time. And it was a really good cool. way. I like how they had the woman with the baby. <laughs> at the end she's like, and the baby. She was pregnant the whole time. That was cute. <laughs> and then we're at the bookshop again. And Honey and Spike come in, and Honey uh, says that she 
brought him Anna Scott's American and British agent's numbers, and now he can ring her because Honey knows she thinks about him all the time. And William throws it out. That's the only thing you could do. Yeah, it's not going to help him anyway. No. <laughs> and so he can call her agent. Who's going to say? No. <laughs> then it's dinner with friends again. This time they're in Tony's restaurant. Tony we met in the very opening um, voiceover. This is friend who owns a restaurant. And they're celebrating the one-year anniversary of Tony's restaurant. And it is, in, in fact, closing. Nobody ever came. Nobody ever came. Mm. They say the restaurant business is really hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bernie announces that he was fired from his job, and everybody's all sad. But then Honey saves it with the announcing that she's decided to get engaged. And to this wonderful artistic look. And everybody's surprised because they didn't even know she was dating somebody. And while they're all talking it over, as if they have some say in her life, she whis she leans over and whispers to Spike that it, by, by the, way, the way, it's you. And he's like, what now? And he smiles. And they're just smiling at each other. Yeah, because he seems down. He's like, all right. right. He's totally happy to be with her. And she's totally happy to be with him. And it's lovely. She, I might, she might not even be real for all he knows. Yeah. Yeah. He just and sees things. William apologizes for being so depressed the last six months, and everybody gets super drunk. They're singing Blue Moon. Welcome back to the podcast, the song Blue Moon. Yep. American Wolf of London. It's and a great episode. You should check that out. Tony's birthday pick. <laughs> that was Tony's birthday pick. And oh, that's a nice tie-in. Mm -hmm. And Max asks, says to William, so you're over her and you completely don't care? And he says, yes, I've turned over a new so leaf. When were you under me? And Max <laughs> says, so you wouldn't at all be interested to know that Anna has been in town Filming on Hampton Heath. And William is like, holy shit. He's like, so you're not over it. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. And the next day, or next couple days, William goes to the film site. He tries to get in, but they won't let him in because nobody's not on the list. Mm -hmm. But he sees her across the lot, and she sees him, and they make eye contact. And she comes over and waves him through. And, and the security guards disappeared by this time, by the way. So yeah. if he had just waited three more minutes. No. <laughs> One of them walked away. The other guy was still there. And as she walked to him, I think that was... I'm going to theorize here. Because yeah. if she's walking towards him and he's looking at her, if I was a security guy, like, okay, you're clearly with her. Yeah. Go ahead. But they pan out to where the, he went in and there's no guards. <laughs> they just moved to let him through. <laughs> and um, I'm going to theorize. It's a fan okay. theory. Okay. Um, it's a plot hole. She comes over. Kind of a goof as far they as talk, and he's like, "I only just found out you were here yesterday." And she says, "Yes, there's." She's like, "I thought about calling you, but there are things that we need to say." And she says, "This is the last day, and they have to, and it's not going well. But please wait." Mm -hmm. And he says, "Okay." And then um, one of the film people brings him, sets him up in a chair, gives him a headset so he can listen to the dialogue. And then we see her and her co-star chatting. And their co-star co seems to be kind of a butt munch. A butt munch? I was going to go with a douche, but sure. A butt, a butt munch. munch. <laughs> seems like a bit of a knob, as the Brits say. Colin's... Was it Colin? And he's called a big knob. And, uh, I'm Colin, god of sex. I hope all our British listeners are not turned off by John's constant <laughs> British accent. Just wait um, till my Irish listeners get to hear about... Um, Jeff God Biscuits. <laughs> oh. And uh, so 
they're the co-stars talking about some girl's big old butt mm. and being a douchebag. And then and they pan to her and she, she didn't, didn't have, have a big, big butt. butt. <laughs> no, didn't have a big butt. I was like, I was expecting a big butt. That wasn't a big butt. No, he's just being mean. But there ain't nothing wrong if you want to do the butt all night long. No, <laughs> and the butt. You know what? That's a good pull. <laughs> because most people go, I with like Sir big Mix butts. Lot, yeah. yeah, but no. You went with the butt. Yeah. Good job. Hey. And um, the co star asks about who William is, and she's like, it's just an old friend. He's just an old person I know. I don't know why he's here. And William gets really sad. So now he's just somebody that I used to know. Yes. <laughs> William gets really sad, and he just leaves. And then uh, it's at the bookshop again. And William's in the back office and Marty comes in and says it's a delivery. Or Martin. And William's like, look, I pay you money. Can you just take care of it? And he's like, no, but this is actually for you. So William goes out there and it's Anna. And she has a package. Looks like a painting. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I got a package. Which and you, uh, you. Oh. she asks why he disappeared. And the best part of the scene is when the guy who looked for the Winnie the Pooh book earlier comes back in. He's <laughs> like, no, don't try it. Piss this, off. This is... Uh-huh. Saving time. She asked why he disappeared, and there's some awkward chat, but she's, like, super happy to see him, and she's so glad he came, and she tells him she brought him a gift, and he's, she's like, but don't open it because I'd be too embarrassed to watch you open it. And she says that she didn't know how to contact him after the behavior. And then the Winnie the Pooh guy interrupts. <laughs> Did you write that Winnie the Pooh guy? No. Oh. And then she says that she has to leave. But she wondered if she didn't, would she let her see him a little or a lot? And he says, you dismissed me. As if I, and then he's interrupted by Martin because his mother is on the phone. And he's like, tell her I'll call her back. And Martin's like, but she said you did that and spent a full 24 hours. And he's like, Martin, hold down the fort. And he goes to take the call from his mother. And this is when Martin mistakes her for Demi Moore, which was funny. just watched the ghost. She's like, oh, cool. Wow. What was Patrick Swayze like? Don't know. Don't really know. (laughs) He wasn't chatty on set. I wasn't in that. (laughs) Oh, I would do some dumb shit like that. I would get people confused. Like, you're not Robert Downey Jr.? (laughs) Shit. So she comes out. I do dumb shit like that all the time. We've had a couple arguments on the podcast because we're convinced that somebody was in something. That it they happens. Were. But um, he comes back and he says that he is going to say no. And she's like, oh, that's a firm no. And he's like, the thing is that he doesn't think that his heart could survive it when she decided she didn't want to be with him anymore. And um, it's going to happen. And she says that <laughs> You know, the fame thing isn't really real. And I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy um, asking her to love him. No, you forgot the good line. Well, do she it. says that, and then he says... Oh, yeah. I don't remember what the fucking line is. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm from Notting Hill. You're from Beverly Hills. You're, like, famous. My mother doesn't remember my name sometimes. Yeah. That's pretty close. He... And That's he, the gist he just it. says it wouldn't work out, and she leaves. No, then she says that. No, she says that first, and then he says that, and she leaves. I don't think leaves. so, because I looked it up. Okay, And well. according to IMDb, which could well, be Well, maybe wrong. he does say it first. <laughs> I don't, now that I'm working my way through it, IMDb may be wrong. <laughs> All right, 
So she anyway. leaves. Because <laughs> that was going to be my favorite line. And then I decided I'm going to go with something else. Okay. Then he's at the restaurant with his friends again. And they're, um, he's kind of asking them for advice and they're cheering him up. Like, oh, no, it never would have worked out. Mm-hmm. She's not that very good of an actress. Because <laughs> he's like, do you think I made a mistake? And no. they're like, no. And they're all trying to cheer him up. And then Spike comes in. He's and he's the only one who's honest. And Spike <laughs> says, you daft prick. <laughs> he's the and only then, one who's honest. And Honey's like, no, no. It was a, it was the smart thing to do. And Spike's face is like, no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> and they look at the painting. And I would start the kicking it, literally. A, a, was it a Chagall? Yeah. And it's a very famous painting. He, he had, had the poster print, and yeah. the print in his house. And, and she, she gave him like, the real I can't believe you have the picture of that in your house. And then he tells them. It's called foreshadowing. And then they're sitting around and he Tell tells. Tell you the right you should know. I did. He tells them her exit line. And they're all looking at him. And he's like, oh, my God, I've made the wrong choice. And they're like, well, duh. of course. <laughs> and then the chase is on. I love this scene. So everybody gets in the car. And everybody, everybody, no. the wife isn't except gonna, the restaurant, dude. Except for the restaurant, dude. Well, he's got to the restaurant. Well, the <laughs> wife, the wife say, is like, yeah. go have fun. And then Max, the greatest husband on the planet, is like, I am Fuck not leaving noise. you behind in a love chase. Takes <laughs> <laughs> spike, in, spike into the boot and puts his wife in the front seat. Into the boot. <laughs> it's a hatchback. It's a hatchback. <laughs> they called. The, the I know. With I know, but he has a window. It's a hatchback. It's pretty awesome. But it's funny. They start arguing about which way to go, and also he stops awesome. the car, and he's like, I will decide the route. James Bond never has to deal with this. And they get to the Ritz, and he tries to guess her fake name, but he's terrible at it. Flintstone? But no. <laughs> Beavis? But Butthead? <laughs> but the concierge takes pity on him and tells him that a Mrs. Pocahontas just checked out and is doing a last-minute prep press conference at the Savoy. So they get back in the car. By the way, totally off topic. Next time we go to a, a, a hotel, can we use a name like this? Mm-hmm. Sure. Do you also want to give leap over the counter and give the concierge a kiss? See, now you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> Alright. Well, it's very funny because he kisses the concierge and Bernie, who went inside with him, kisses the concierge and then they run away <laughs> and then a Japanese, Japanese businessman also... And the concierge just just says, well, let me check, and just goes about his day in a very British British manner. <laughs> so they're on their way to the Savoy, and they get stuck in traffic, and Spike is like, fuck this, gets out of the car, and steps in front of traffic to stop the car so that they can get through the intersection. They never would have gotten through that intersection. Fuck no. Cars were coming from everywhere. No. It was like going through I'm five sh- points with stop signs. <laughs> I'm, not sure what, I'm not sure what was happening in that intersection. But they make it to the Savoy. And he goes into the front desk and he says, could you tell me where the press conference is? And the guy's, can I see your press credits? And he hands him a Blockbuster video card. No, no, he flashes a Blockbuster video card. <laughs> He's like, is that a Blockbuster video card? Yep, from the in-house magazine. Blockbuster Friends was a place we used to go rent videos. <laughs> and We've talked about it before. Yeah. <laughs> this, was, this is cool because this, this is the setup and the wheelchair yeah. girl. And the wheelchair the girl comes in and... She has a name. I forget her name. Bella. Bella. Bella, Bella comes yeah, in cool. and she says that I'm <laughs> writing an article about how hotels treat people in wheelchairs... <laughs> So it's kind of a low blow. It was, but the guy didn't want to take the chance, so he right. tells them where the like, conference is. It's like, ah, really? Did you have to? Okay, fine. So will You're you, already a shitty movie guy. So but he, it's cool that they brought her because he wouldn't have got in. Right. Yeah. So he runs in, 
and the press conference is going. And on. I'm sorry, and all the guy does is goes, "Yeah, you're missing it. It's over that way," and he just fucking leaves. It's at the Regency room, whatever he says. Yeah. Okay. Well, at that point, how many fucking hunkets are going on at a time? Mm-hmm. Running around till you find a bunch of people. Well, I don't know. Maybe the Savoy's a very big hotel with multiple conference and ballrooms. Like the Bellagio. That checks yeah. out. <laughs> I don't know how big this hotel is. But Bellagio's anyways. huge. <laughs> I know. I've been there. <laughs> but so. It's got a mall. It's in, in the Lancaster room. So the, the room? press is in there asking questions. They ask Anna when she's going to leave, and she says right after this press conference. And they say, um, anything's going to happen with that British person, that chap that you were with a while back? And she says, well, I was hoping, but it looks like no. And um, we find out she's taking a break from acting, and she's just going to hold up her previous commitments and then take some time off. And William raises his hand. Yes, you, sir, in the, in the pink shirt. And he forgets he's wearing fucking pink. And and he's like, oh, me, yes, oh, me, I'm yes. from Horse and Hound. Which is the only acceptable answer ever. Or Blockbuster. And he asks... Yeah, she wouldn't have got that. No, no. If there, would, if there were any circumstances in which you would be more than friends with that British gentleman. And she's... Some guy's like, his name's Thatcher. Or Thacker. <laughs> and she says that she had hoped for more, but it doesn't seem that way. And then he raises his hand again, and the guy's like, oh, no, just one question per, per person. She's like, no, no, I'll answer and ask your question. He says, well, what if I, or he says, what if this person was to... A daft prick. <laughs> was a daft yeah. prick who'd made a huge mistake and came on bended knee ba- and begged you to stay. And she said, she whispers to the um, person, her agent, her agent, and they have this guy, Tom. He says, Tom, ask your question again. Anna, so how long will you be in England? And she says, indefinitely. <gasps> and then he smiles. And Elaine started crying. And she smiles. <laughs> and Did it's just cry? this wonderful, not this time, I usually cry a couple of times. Because <laughs> I was watching it with John, and he usually, whenever he thinks I'm going to cry, he stares at me. So, <laughs> <laughs> But usually I do when I'm by myself. And also, I didn't get, normally I'm really into it, but I was taking Stopping to take notes. Yeah, you know? yeah I felt the same when I did, when I did Rocky. When I did Rocky, it really took me out it, of it. It yeah. does take you out sometimes. So, but still, the ending, all it feels. Because they're just staring at each other, smiling, and everybody realizes, oh my God, it's him. Oh my God, are you getting married? And it's just this beautiful, wonderful moment. And his friends are all in the back. Everybody and starts kissing. kissing. <laughs> Bernie kisses this random reporter. <laughs> no, first he looks He's at her and goes it. to shake her hand. And then they're both like, fuck it. And he gives her a little kiss. And the song She starts playing again. And then it shows their wedding, and it shows them arriving at an award show, and her getting out of the car and taking his hand, and then it shows them sitting in a garden in Notting Hill on a bench. The garden they went to in the beginning. And he's reading a book, and she's pregnant watching children play. Or she had a lot of topics. The end. Or she had a lot of tacos. Tony was like, she's been eating a lot of cheeseburgers. (laughs) Well, she's a burrito baby. (laughs) That, but, and, and I'm going to have to say they live in the same house with the blue door. No. But probably yeah. not. No. Because they million. don't have access to those private gardens unless they live on the garden. She's Anna Scott. And I'm pretty sure she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> I think that they moved into a That's the end of Notting Hill. Tony, what would you think? I don't go first. What the fuck? No. You don't get Hold to go on, first. I'm, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> John always goes first. I do always go I perfectly. I, it's always for different reasons. Everybody thinks we first. All right. Notting Hill. Favorite character, William Thacker. I liked him. Good choice. Least favorite character, Spike. <laughs> Although, 
He did warm up at the end. He did. He. I didn't. That's care. why I was surprised when you told him. me he was your least favorite character. I, I find like that shocking. First. I was surprised. I thought he might be in the. Well, I've had a lot of roommates. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, he wouldn't have made it. Tony's like that guy would have been kicked out of my house. <laughs> most deaf. Most uh, deaf would have been a pretty cool one. I'd hang out most deaf. Most definitely. Uh, favorite scene. Introducing Michelob Ultra. Yep. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, Whoa. this portion of podcast brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Keep going. Favorite scene. Favorite scene is basically is when That's Will's going to help that. Will's buddy grabs his wife out of her wheelchair and throws her in the car, and then it calls back. It's the reason that they get in. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, my favorite line is uh, the whole whoopsie daisies. <laughs> You said whoopsie daisies. I don't think so. No one says whoopsie daisies, do they? Unless they're, and then no, she calls them out. You said fucking whoopsie daisies. <laughs> um, favorite tertiary object is Martin's red cardigan. Honey's <laughs> like honey nice cardi. Like, pretty beast. <laughs> we all know Tony loves him an old man sweater. This is. Why is he not wearing one now? This isn't really. <laughs> this isn't really my kind of film. Uh, it's a slow burn, but I, I will I will yay it if this is your kind of movie, like a romance. is It's really slow in the beginning, but I, I get why you like it. So, so if you're into it, if you're go into ahead romances, and watch. definitely check it out. If you for some reason you haven't seen this one, <laughs> this is like the one of the most famous romance movies ever, right? So, well, I think I was the only person that didn't see it. Yeah, I think so. And I'm glad that I can introduce you to this wonderful yeah, screen cool. gem. I was like, okay, cool. I finally seen it. <laughs> Carly. Oh, you're finishing with John? I'm going to go for the direct rebuttal. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to yay the hell out of it. I hope you do. I thought about that. So the direct rebuttal of the yay will be, now you have to nay your own movie. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite character was his sister, Honey. I enjoyed her. Okay. My least favorite character... I didn't really have one. You didn't have one? What was yours, Tommy? Spike. Spike. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Just for it, almost, it almost flipped at the end. If he had a little bit more to do, I probably would have flipped it on. Like him. every character that I didn't like something about, I liked something else about, or I just, they didn't really do anything that I thought was Go bad. with the Winnie the Pooh guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, bookstore guy, or the... the Rufus thief. the shoplifter? Yeah. <laughs> no, I liked Rufus. He's <laughs> your favorite tertiary object? Because he had object? some sand. Uh-huh. He had some sand. He, not, not after stealing a book, he had the sand to ask a famous person for an autograph in yeah, the store. That's true. Yeah. That's a lot of sand. He's got and then moxie. he said, "Can I get your number?" <laughs> and yeah. she's like, "No." So okay, dumb book guy who doesn't understand that this travel is a travel book, book store. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he's not novels. a mentally incompetent. Okay. My yeah. favorite scene. Um, I the scene when they're at the restaurant and his sister says that. She is decided to get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, <laughs> best proposal ever. <laughs> and my favorite line, I put the Anna Scott says Rita Hayworth used to say they go to bed with Gilda, they wake up with me, and he's like, "Who's Gilda?" And she says her most famous part: "Men went to bed with the dream; they didn't like it when they would wake up with the reality." Do you feel that way? And he says, "You're lovelier this morning than you have ever been." Oh, it was a very good answer. Line. Good answer. Yeah, it was, it was good. about the best answer he could have given her. It's like, wow. And he came over that like right. top of his head. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's good quick. On. My favorite tertiary object is weird, and they don't bring it up in the movie at all. 
But when you walk into his front door, there's like oh. a poster, <laughs> a life-size almost cutout that looks like, is it a geisha? It's, <laughs> it's huge, and nobody mentions it at all. Like, this is just totally normal. <laughs> well, also next to it is the iron board with the hole <laughs> through it. Yeah, that was good, too. Just like the random shit in his house. <laughs> okay. All right. And I will also yay the movie. I was not really in the mood. I was very grumpy today because I didn't sleep last night and I'm all stiff. So I've been very grumpy and I wasn't really in the mood for it today. That's how I was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole time we're watching it today, I'm like, I'm just not feeling this. But, you know, I have, I own this movie. I have felt it in the past. I will probably watch it again. Like, I can't say don't watch this movie because I was grumpy today. (laughs) But I understand the whole this is a movie I would want to be in the mood for before I watch it. You know, like every movie pretty much. Okay. So, I'm going to give it a game. All right. John. Well, (laughs) my favorite character, I wrote down William, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's not William. It's, um... What's his name? What's Bella's husband's name? Max. It's Max. Max is my oh, favorite character. He's a good I really he's a good thought guy. he was going to go with Spike because every no, time Spike's Spike said anything, he started laughing hilariously. <laughs> because he's, he's, he's a fool. <laughs> he's a fool. So, um, My least favorite character is Anna mm-hmm. because either she's too much of a coward to tell the world that she broke up with her boyfriend or she was, in fact, cheating on him. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a consistent mm-hmm. character. Okay, mm-hmm. and she flip-flops a lot. She's very... All right, a situation happens when she overreacts and he tries to calm her down and she rebuttals it with, what the fuck do you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, not, you don't need to explain it anymore. Oh. You just don't like Anna. <laughs> as soon as her boyfriend showed up, I'm like, oh, there we lost John. <laughs> My favorite scene is when they're all in the, in the love chase mm-hmm. and Bernie looks at Bella and he's like, oh, no. You're not staying. And puts her in the car. You mean Max. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) My favorite character picks up his wife, puts her in the car, and they drive away. That was cool. Because he won't leave his wife. That's that's a solid solid bloke right there. Um, My favorite line is, William has just turned down Anna Scott. You doffed prick. (laughs) That's a quality line right there. It's wisdom. And I had a bunch of other stuff. Like, that was Mm -hmm. top shelf. And only because it came back around. And then Williams later on said, what if he was a doffed prick? She doesn't get it, but whatever. Um, my favorite tertiary object is the You're the Most Beautiful Woman in the World t-shirt. Fancy a fuck. Fancy a fuck. <laughs> now that we have that out of the way. <laughs> the movie is completely unrealistic. Um, okay. The story isn't based in any kind of reality, but I like that kind of weird shit, too. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and yay it, because it is... Shocking. A, <laughs> what you have to do is understand that this is not a movie based in reality. This isn't a bullshit universe where this kind of thing could actually happen. Kind of like Superman. I don't sit around watching Superman going... That motherfucker can't fly. He can't, come on, he's shooting lasers out of his eyes. You don't do that because it's a movie. It's, it's, let's suspend reality for a minute and pretend this is a world where this is possible. And in a world where this is possible, other than the fact that your uh, your 
one of your main characters is a terrible person. <laughs> William plays his his role perfectly, and he has a good supporting cast. And of course, they end up together at the end. They don't know each other from a fucking can of paint. They had one night together. Mm -hmm. It's the whole point. Yeah, it's the genre. But I will yay because it is in this kind of genre. This one is very well done because they're all fucking stupid. But (laughs) this one is one of the best ones. Yeah, it's good. It's not love actually, but what is? (laughs) I love you. You do. (laughs) I'm sorry. That you're or not. I'm sorry place. that you're dead inside. Oh, damn. <laughs> and you can't appreciate the romance. Didn't you hear what I said about Superman? Lasers. The nuance, <laughs> the emotion of a romance. And of course, it's not based in reality. It's fantasy. That's what romances are. They're idealistic. So why don't you do more love always <laughs> ends with happily ever afters. I love this genre. It's wonderful. I'm just happy and that's the whole anyways. point of it. Is it mm. always turns out okay in the end? Yeah. You don't like Steel Magnolias? No, she does. Let's take yeah. a whack a weezer. Does it with an is an info or I love Steel Magnolias. That movie will make me cry. My Did favorite I, character in that Matt Damon. Quote a movie. Well, you got husband points. Mm. I got boyfriend points when Carla said she was up all night feeling stiff. I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite character is also Max. He's a he's a solid bloke. It's, Good choice. He's wonderful. Yeah. And like he just like every scene he's in, I think he steals. <laughs> Could have his uh, own movie. My least favorite character is uh, Anna Scott's boyfriend. <laughs> my um, okay. Well, I picked the bookstore guy. He was in the movie the same amount. Just, I like <laughs> he was in two scenes. Thank I, you. Like, <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> my favorite. Like, that's like saying that. The poster was your favorite character. It was in there twice. I almost picked the garden as my favorite tertiary object. My favorite. <laughs> that been a good one. My favorite scene. The bench would have been good. My favorite scene is the romance chase, the car chase, the interrupting the press conference the until until the end credits. Wow. Yes. That's, that, right. Last like twenty minutes. The last twenty minutes. The <laughs> so, climax. The whole movie. With, I'm with it. So, yeah. what's your favorite scene? The third act. The third act. <laughs> yep, I'm totally down. The whole entire third act. And my favorite line is indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Every time she says indefinitely, that's when I start to cry. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. I'm sure she got a big ass house in LA that still be all dormant. No, she sold it to be in England with the common Look at you man fan she theorizing loves. Again. I love this movie. Um, my favorite tertiary object is the stained glass art in the opening sequence Beavis of and Beavis Butthead. and Butthead. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I was going to pick that. Every time I see it, it just makes me giggle. I was going to pick that, but so, you can't beat that t-shirt. It's so funny. <laughs> and um, I will, of course, yay this movie because it's wonderful, and that's why I picked it. All right. She wrote her name in, in very dark. Carly? <laughs> <laughs> surprising turn of events that oh. John made this movie. I thought at, at best I could get a May Bay. I will say another surprising turn of events, considering how slow we started. We still have 14 minutes before we get two hours. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead and waste that, it, Carly. Start like, talking. Right. Your little birthday gift from me to you, listener. <laughs> so please find us at facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Instagram at unmoviepodcastdogs and on Twitter at unmoviepodcast. You can email us as unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. I lost. I had a brain fart. At gmail. What's up <laughs> <after> gmail? What's up <laughs> <after> gmail? <laughs> dot org. 
www.co.uk. CompuServe. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, review, and listen to all our previous episodes. All right. And next week on the podcast is John's pick it's for Lane's birthday month. And in, in the fantasy genre, I'm going with a nice fantasy movie. Not starring Hugh Grant. Can you turn that down a little bit? I want everybody to understand that I'm picking the Justice League. Oh, you are going to go with Justice League. Because I had another movie in mind, and I couldn't remember what it was. So during the podcast, I was trying to decide. I was going to make you watch Streets of Fire. Oh, good God. Because that's a rock and roll uh, love story. Yeah, it but is. But I'm going to save that for Carly's birthday. Oh, Okay. <laughs> well, dodged a real bullet there. I thought you were saving Streets of Fire for your birthday. No. <laughs> so Justice League. Uh, Tony, what do you, you ever heard of it? I think I've seen it before. Carly, I know you've you've, you've heard of it. At least. I think I've I was, seen it. I think I was watching it like three days ago. <laughs> Hey, All right, so it's fresh. It's been about three weeks since we watched it. Just like a bat. I dig it. We watch a lot of comic book movies in this house. They're good. I do too. I watched X Men the other day. Ben was Ben was uh, getting Nikki to watch it for the first time. Now, I know we've had a debate in the past about whether superhero movies, whether John could do them or only Elaine well, could do them, and I will yeah. point out. That I technically am picking a superhero movie for Elaine's birthday. So am I. So, so we all are. Really? <laughs> that, oh, spoilers! Spoilers, Tony. It's just kind Maybe. of funny. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> time. But yeah, because Elaine's contention is I'm going to pick fantasy, two like movies action. and make you pick one or two. Ooh. Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. Good God, please don't do that to us, man. <laughs> no, Not again. That's how we live with the fucking problem you're here with this. I didn't like it, but I can see why it was a valid romance movie. Okay. She was this song is so good. I think you should have went with the other song. No, this one is better. No, that song's bad. Should pick the Shania Twain. The Shania Twain. The Shania Twain. And so he's like, oh Jesus, this yeah. soundtrack was great. It was a good soundtrack. Yeah. I'm not surprised. This, you yeah, this is Elvis Costello. This is Elvis Costello. And on that note, we 